Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Producer Joe, how are you today? Well, I'm doing well, young Daniel. Yes. Oh, man. Do we got stuff to talk about, folks? Hey, listen. um, You know, I told you. I, I gotta. I, I'm not trying. I'm not in the predictions game. I'm not a you know a Vegas bookie. I'm not trying to make you all money on on bets about what's gonna happen <laughs> and when it's gonna happen. Okay, I'm just telling you that. I kind of told you that these guys were going to try to get out of the FBI to beat administrative requirements to testify. And what did we find out yesterday? <laughs> Boom. Booyakasha. That what happens? <laughs> yeah. Andy McCabe, the number two, is now on terminal leave until he can get out. Now, I'm going to explain to you why that matters um, in a moment. And I'm also going to explain to you another angle to this that I think is getting lost in this entire story because it's really important. But mm-hmm. I've got a, so much stuff to get through here. It's just, uh, it's just, it's just crazy. I mean, it's just a busy news day. All right, today's show brought to you by buddies at My Patriot Supply. You know, I was just on the set at uh, Fox and Friends, and uh, I was talking with uh, Corey Lewandowski and Dave Bossy. We were, you know, we got into talking about their book, which is great, by the way. But we were talking also about preparedness and how you know it matters, folks. You should have, you know, your firearm. You should have some emergency food. You should have gas in your car, a generator. But folks, not having emergency food is insane. We ensure everything in our lives that matters. Ensure your food supply. It's crazy to not do it, right? I mean, seriously, you ensure your teeth, your health. You ensure your car. You ensure your home. How do we not ensure a food supply? And with all this stuff going on, Joe, you know, we've got the the North Koreans threatening an EMP attack and all this mm-hmm. other crazy stuff. You know, it's really critical that you make sure you have at minimum a month's emergency supply of food. My friends at My Patriot Supply for just $99 will give you a one month emergency supply of food. It's a really nice deal, folks. It comes in the neatly packaged. It's good for 25 years. But the nice part is. You could need it tomorrow. I mean, the nice part meaning if you need it, it's better to have it than to, you know, if you need it, it's better to have it than to want it and to be looking around for food in the time of need. Go pick it up. It's available at preparewithdan.com. That's preparewithdan.com. I have four or five boxes. I buy the stuff myself, folks. I never lie to my audience about this stuff. These are, they've been a great sponsor. They've been with us from the beginning. I love when you support our sponsors. I really appreciate it. It means the world to me. Please go to preparewithdan.com. Pick up your one month supply of emergency food today. All right, so jumping right in. Here we go. Folks, on the McCabe thing, I had said to you during a show this week, last week, I, forgive me, I can't even remember. They're all blending in now. Remember the show, Joe, about the difference between administrative testimony and legal testimony? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, let me just explain this as to why Andy McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI, being... Now, there's two different stories around that he was asked to leave, and it, bottom line is they removed him. What happened is Christopher Ray, the new FBI director, went up to the Hill, Joe. He went up to the Hill this weekend and he read the memo about the abuses of surveillance powers that happened under Donald Trump. Now, mm-hmm. folks, I am not in any way talking down to my audience. I love you all to death. I know many of you understand what's going on, but I'm just for the some of you who are getting lost because I'm getting a lot of emails. Keep in mind, this entire case is about the Obama team spied on Trump. And they're trying to cover it up. Don't ever forget that. The memo that's about to be released documents, well, based on sources I have, and I'm pretty confident about this, documents, Joe, how the Obama team spied on Trump. Right. 
Remember, it is not in any way at all in dispute that the Obama team spied on Trump. It's only a question of how they did it, okay? That's, that's the only open question. Not that they did it, how they did it. The memo, from what I'm hearing, is apparently very disturbing and describes the way they circumvented the law to get access to Trump team communications and emails and basically to spy on them. Mm-hmm. Now, this matters because Andrew McCabe, the deputy director of the FBI, the number two, who, Joe, was is leaving the FBI now yes. as of yesterday. <laughs> Ray, the director, goes up to read the memo this weekend. All of a sudden, Andy McCabe's out. As Joe said to me before the show, there are no coincidences anymore. Coincidences anymore in this case. There aren't, and Joe's right. There's a reason for that, folks. Andy McCabe was involved in this uh, entire fiasco, and not just the spying on Trump disaster here, but also the Hillary email scandal. Now, um, it is not irrelevant to the case here that Andy McCabe's wife, uh, Jill, ran for state senate in the state of Virginia as a Democrat. And there's nothing wrong with her doing that, but she took a rather large amount of money from Terry McAuliffe, who is a known Clinton consigliere. Now, the fact that Andy McCabe did not recuse himself from the Clinton email investigation while his wife was being uh, supported financially in her campaign by rather large sums of money by Clinton folks, frankly, is a little bit disturbing, folks. But here's the critical story about McCabe I want you to know about. McCabe, according to multiple accounts, has been politicking and playing both sides for a long time. Here's a pretty devastating story that uh, Howie Kurtz uh, in his new book about the media, Howie, you know, Howie Kurtz has a show media buzz on Fox. He has a new book out. Um, Gail Trotter, who Joe and I both know, she does the show a lot. But in the book, he recounts a really troubling story. And if this story is true, folks, it'll tell you everything you need to know about the number two of the FBI who was involved in two Two critical investigations, Hillary's email investigation and the salacious Trump spying scandal. The story breaks in the New York Times about Russian contacts between the Trump uh, Trump campaign, Trump team and Russians show. Right. Right. It's alleged that McCabe goes to the White House for a meeting. After the meeting, he pulls aside then chief of staff Reince Priebus. So follow me here. He says to Priebus. According to the account in this book, this is really disturbing. He says, you know, hey, Reince, I just want you to know the New York Times story about the Trump team in communications with Russians, that this is BS. It's crap. This is a nonsense story. Joe, here's where it gets interesting, though. It goes to show you how duplicitous, if this is true, these guys were. Priebus then, according to the the accounts of this that I believe, by the way, Priebus says to McCabe, the number two at the FBI... You know, hey, Andy, if this is the case, that this is a BS story, can someone come out publicly and just knock this down? Well, you know, the next day, what happens? Well, was it CNN and the other outlets? They reported White House trying to, you know, trying to pressure the FBI to knock down Russian contact story. Mm -hmm. Folks, that's not what happened. That's not what happened. McCabe, according to these accounts, approaches Priebus first. Now, if these accounts true, and McCabe's the leaker, then think about what's happening here. He could have walked into Priebus, told Priebus his story, knowing Priebus was going to say to him, hey, well, if it's not true and you're telling me it's not true, then what's the problem with coming out publicly and saying, hey, we're not investigating. This is not, this story's not in fact true. The next day, what happens? A story comes out. White House trying to pressure McCabe to make story go away. The FBI. Folks, this is what's been going on with this guy the whole time. And Sarah Carter 
broke an incredible story last night too on this. That I, I if if true, we're going to know two things: that collusion did happen. Mm-hmm. But then I'm going to get to that in a second. But the collusion was actually between the Democrats and the Russians, and we're going to know obstruction of justice did happen. But it happened at the upper level management of the FBI. Now, what happened, Joe? Andrew McCabe, it's alleged the FBI fills out a report called the 302 after an interview. Now, we didn't have to do this in the Secret Service. Um, if you if I interviewed you, Joe, for jaywalking mm-hmm. um, and I was a cop and, and I want to put you in jail, I can interview you and we would put notes on a memorandum of report. But there was no formal interview form. You know, we just take notes on a piece of you know loose leaf paper or whatever. Mm-hmm. The FBI has a form for this called the 302. Sarah Carter dropped a bombshell last night that Andy McCabe may have asked FBI agents who were engaged in critical interviews in these cases to change 302s. Yeah, that's things, Joe. If I interview you and you tell me I did this, this, and this, interview's now over, Joe. Yeah. I go back with the 302 report saying Joe Armacost said this, this, and this. And you know, someone tells me, no, no, you're going to write this, this, and that instead. Folks, this is a really, really big deal. From what I'm hearing, the information in the memo about McCabe and Rosenstein both is damning. He's in a lot of trouble. So now, getting back quickly to why this matters on the admin, I didn't lose where I was. I just wanted to set that up so you understand the complexities of the story. I had explained to you a week ago, having been a federal agent, that there are, if if you're a federal agent or a federal employee, and I think you were involved in a criminal matter, Joe. Yeah. There are basically two ways to get you to talk. Now, keep in mind, you always have your constitutional right to plead the fifth, meaning when I say plead the fifth, I got some emails. Some people didn't know what that meant. Hmm. The Fifth Amendment prevents the government from coercing you into testifying against yourself. You're protected against what they call self-incrimination. So Mm -hmm. if I want to arrest Joe for jaywalking and I ask Joe in an interview, did you jaywalk? And Joe says, hey, go pound sand. I'm not talking to you. I cannot force Joe to talk. Joe has a Fifth Amendment right, no matter what, to not speak anywhere in the constitutional United States and anywhere in the world if interviewed by someone from the United States and the U.S. justice system. He is a U.S. citizen. He is afforded those constitutional rights by this wonderful, amazing document that I love so much, right? If you are an employee of the federal government, however, you still have that right. But they're going to fire your caboose in a heartbeat if you don't talk. Okay. You see where I'm going with this, Joe? Yeah, sure. No, this is important you understand this distinction, folks. I described it the other day. Again, I'm not trying to repeat shows, but there's so much going on that if I don't backtrack a bit, none of this will make sense. That Andy McCabe is getting out now is critical. He's getting out now because he is not eligible, Joe, for his retirement and his pension for five more weeks. Yeah. Why did five more weeks from now? Dig. Why does that five weeks matter? Because if Andy McCabe was involved in what I just told you, he people are alleging he was involved in the changing of 302s, the manipulation of an investigation to target Donald Trump to circumvent the Constitution. If he was involved in this stuff that a lot of people strongly believe he was a central figure in, Joe, there may be criminal liability here. Now, keep in mind, in order for McCabe to get his pension and retirement, play a Play the game with me, folks. He has to make it five more weeks. He's sprinting to the finish line. Why, Joe? Because when he retires in five weeks and he gets his pension and his benefits and all that stuff, 
the administrative procedures of the FBI largely, not totally, but largely don't apply anymore. Mm -hmm. And what do I mean by that? Again, here's the first track. The first track to make Andy McCabe talk would be the criminal track. Andy, we're going to bring you in for a criminal interview, which he's likely to say, if if he's smart, folks, he's going to say, you see what I'm doing, Joe? He's going to give them the double barrel middle finger and go talk to my lawyer. While he's still an employee of the FBI, there's another track. It's the administrative one. They could say, hey, Andy, you can have your lawyer present, but you're an employee of the FBI. If you did something on FBI time in your role as the number two that was untoward or illegal, you're going to talk to us. Or if you exercise your Fifth Amendment right and say, I don't want to talk, we can say, all right, Andy, have a nice day, pal. You're fired. Now, keep in mind, this is from what I know of them. They're not... They're not poor. They're, not, they're upper middle class, probably a little bit wealthy. But this is not, you know, these people aren't on the Forbes 100 list. He worked his entire life for this pension thinking he was going to get it. Now, sure. keep in mind, I'm not saying I'm not. This guy's not a sympathetic figure. Don't take my words the wrong way. I'm just trying to explain to you the financial incentive. Folks, this guy is racing to the exits. So what does he do? Brilliant. This is a smart move. I, I, again, I don't mean that qualitatively like a good move, but it was a smart move. He realizes yesterday he's in trouble because Ray, Christopher Ray, the director, read the memo. Remember, Andy McCabe's the number two at the FBI. He knows all of what happened here, all of what I told you about in the spying. He needs to retain his pension, but he can't quit. If he quits, he forfeits it. He's got five weeks to go. But while he's here, Joe, I'm not losing you, right? You're cool, man. We're good? Okay, yeah. good. During this five weeks, he is subjected to the FBI's administrative rules. Hey, Andy, you're going to talk or we're going to fire you. He can't lose his pension. So what does he do? <laughs> this is, he goes on terminal leave. That's a real term, by the way. That's not made up. I, I said terminal leave and someone tweeted me like I was making a threat. That, no, that's what it's called. It's called terminal leave, folks. What, what people do in federal agencies and sometimes in law enforcement agencies, local, state as well, is if you have accumulated sick leave, you know, Joe, whatever, you have uh-huh. a month of sick leave or something like that. Say you're going to retire in a month. You say, well, I'll retire a month from now and I'm just going to stay on sick leave or annual leave until then. It's, it's not all that common. Most people just cash it out at the end, but it does happen. McCabe had enough accumulated time that he put himself on terminal leave. Now, uh, Joe's shaking his head, but I know he's got a question. I know most of you have a question too. What you're probably thinking is, okay, great. He's on terminal leave, but he's still subjected to administrative rules of the FBI. He's still an employee. Yes. That's what I was thinking, yeah. As yoga guy would say, yes, yes, do it, yes, right? <laughs> yeah. He is still subjected to the, in other words, even though he's on leave, he can say, they could, the FBI can say to him, Hey, Andy, you are going to go up to Capitol Hill and your position is the FBI number two and you're damn well going to talk about what happened here or you're going to be fired, okay? But think about it. Him being on leave, now he has no requirement to be available for work. So all I'm telling you now is don't be surprised if Andy McCabe shows up on a vacation in like the Cayman Islands. Oh, hey, I don't know, man. I just I can't get up there. I don't know what happened, Joe. I can't get up to the hill. I'm in the Caymans and 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 and, 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 and this puddle jumper plane just doesn't work. I, I, I don't know how we're going to get in there. But do you understand, Armacost, how the distinction between administrative procedures and criminal procedures matter here? Absolutely, and, yeah. And, and and just to sum it up, not to keep repeating, but it's important you understand this. This was a very smart move he did. 
he because a lot of you have emailed me. Why doesn't McCabe just resign if he's guilty and just plead the fifth and, and he's fine? Well, he's not fine, but he, he doesn't have to testify against himself because he can't. He needs his pension. He is not a multi-billionaire. He needs his pension. He shouldn't get it, but he needs it. He has to ride out these five weeks. Long story short, bullet point takeaway. This five weeks is critical. You have five weeks to get Andy McCabe to talk about his role in both the email scandal and the uh, the Trump spying scandal, Obamagate. If you don't hit him in that five weeks, he may talk later on. I mean, he's not, remember, just because you have the right not to self-incriminate doesn't mean he's not going to. People testify all the time mm-hmm. um, to try to clear their own names. I'm just telling you, once this five-week window is up, you are running on fumes because McCabe, in my humble opinion, folks, is going to say, you know what? Talk to my lawyer. Not interested. Thank you. Have a nice day. The countdown is on. All right. I got a lot to get to today. So, hey, today's show also brought to you by my buddies at iTarget. Hey, uh, thank you to everyone, who's, again, who supports our sponsors. It means a lot. They keep the show free. And this is a really great company. I'm proud to have them on board because, again, I believe in preparedness. Just like my Patriot Supply, you got to be prepared. And one of the things uh, being prepared you know, entails is if you're going to have a firearm, you damn well better know how to use it. You know, in the Secret Service, we used to say you're accountable for every single round, and they meant it. If you're going to fire that firearm near the president, you better know where that round's going. Accuracy matters, folks. Anybody can shoot a firearm. The question is, can you shoot it accurately? The iTarget Pro system is the best system out there to take your dry fire practice to the absolute next level. People love this. I, I get a ton a ton of emails on this. I got off a plane yesterday. There was probably 10 of them sitting in my email box. I was traveling up to D.C., the website is the letter I, it's itargetpro.com. That's itargetpro.com. And what is it? It is a laser bullet they will send you that goes in the firearm. You have now no manipulations necessary. You don't have to buy any other special parts, no special barrels, no special guns, no nothing. I have a Glock 43. You drop that nine millimeter iTarget Pro bullet in there. It's a laser bullet. You clear your gun safely, check it, check it twice, check it three times visually, feel the chamber, make sure it's empty. Put that round in there, that laser bullet round. It's not a live round, don't worry. And when you depress the trigger, it's going to hit the rubber backstop on this laser bullet. It's going to emit a laser on a target they sent you. It'll be like firing a real round without any of the safety hazards, as long as you do it safely, right? You'll see where all your rounds go. I've got people sending me their groups on Monday. They look like a basketball. Sending me their groups on Friday. They look like a golf ball. Folks, this is the system for improving your marksmanship. It'll take your dry fire practice to the next level. Remember this, competitive shooters, dry fire, that means without live ammo, 10 times more than they live fire. Why? Because dry firing is where you learn trigger control, sight alignment, equal light on both sides, grip, strong grip, but an appropriate grip, high on that back strap on the weapon. These are the kind of things you learn when you dry fire and you practice. Go give it a shot. It's at, the website is iTargetPro, that's the letter I, itargetpro.com itargetpro.com and for 10% off it's a nice discount use promo code Dan my first name that's promo code Dan itargetpro.com go check it out you're gonna love it okay couple more stories I wanted to get to I want to tie something in a bit because uh, there's some people are getting a little lost and I've gotten a few emails from people like listen love it I've been following this now for the last 10 days but I think you need to go back a bit and explain a few things because I'm starting to get lost in all the details remember what I told you all I am trying to explain to you is that the Obama team spied on Trump how they did it is all is the only subject of inquiry right now everybody acknowledges they spied on Trump 
how they did it is what's controversial. Because remember, Joe, just to be clear on this, and I said this on Fox this morning, spying on Americans through legal avenues is not illegal. If I suspect Joe of a jaywalking conspiracy Mm -hmm. and I get a Title III wiretap on Joe's phone to listen to him talk to his friends about this big jaywalking group they're going to put together, Mm -hmm. it's perfectly legal to do that. We have criminal investigations in the country. We don't have general warrants. You know what? Let me explain that for a second. This is my beef with this case. One of the major beefs we had with the with the crown when we fought the revolution was the application of general warrants. What were general warrants? General warrants were basically like the king saying, let's investigate Joe for what? I don't know. Something like a general warrant in the United States. When you swear to a search warrant, Joe, or when you swear to a title three warrant, you have to be darn specific about what you're saying. And you personally, Joe Armacost, Agent Joe Armacost, you have to raise your right hand in front of a judge and swear that what you're telling is the truth or that the information you had was verified. If it turns out later to be false, but you went through appropriate channels, you're fine. As you know, say you verified it through four or five different sources and later on it turns out they were all lying in a conspiracy to you, you're fine. But basically we don't do general warrants. We do specific warrants where you have to come up and you have to say, hey, this is, you know, this is where we're going with this, right? This is where we're doing. But keep in mind, this entire scandal is about Trump being spied on by information FBI agents swore to. That was not, in fact, true. Now, I want to go back and explain something a bit. This is where we rewind the tape a bit to the beginning. The first show we did on this that's going crazy on our on our platform, by the way, it's got mega downloads where we explain the whole thing from an umbrella view. And I think it's show 628, if I remember yeah. correctly. Is it's it? 628, Joe. Yeah. That's the one we spotlighted on SoundCloud. Go listen to that because it explains the genesis of this whole thing and it ties in the bigger picture. But one of the things I don't want you to forget is the start of this entire collusion narrative. And... Folks, I'm so sorry, but I'm I'm really this means a lot to me, and I really don't want to do you a disservice by confusing any of you. The collusion narrative was always fake. You get that, right? The collusion narrative was always a cover to distract people from what? From what I told you in the beginning mattered. Obama spied on Trump. They need a story to cover for this, okay? Just in case Trump wins so they can cover their tracks. As After Trump wins the election, Hillary's team, they understand that their emails were stolen. They were not hacked. They were stolen, okay? So I wrote this in an email, right? Uh, emails are taken, Hillary's emails, the DNC emails, and Potesta's emails. Mm-hmm. They know they spied on Trump. It's awfully convenient then to say what? Well, who hacked, and I'm using air quotes here, folks, who hacked our emails? How did they, the Russians did it. And by the way, who was working with the Russians? Donald Trump. Folks, keep in mind, none of that is true. Do you understand? None of that was true. The email system at the DNC, it is still in dispute that it was even hacked at all. It may have, in fact, been an insider who stole the emails. We know Podesta was the victim of a phishing scam. The Democrats made up the hacking narrative the entire time. The hacking narrative is not true. They then go on to say, well, the Russians hacked the email. Now, 
how did the and remember this is all designed to cover and get the collusion narrative going so what does it do joe look squirrel collusion and it takes the eye off the story that is as i've now said 10 times obama spied on trump and they had to cover it so they start talking about collusion what comes first than the collusion this is important folks do, listen do not forget what i'm about to tell you it'll make this entire thing make sense we got hacked this is what the Dems are telling their focus group. How are we going to, we're going we're gonna to tell everybody we got hacked. Tell everyone the Russians did it. And I've got an idea. Since we spied on Trump during the campaign, let's start putting a narrative out there that Trump, quote, colluded with the Russians, and it'll make it look like they did this to alter the election and screw over the election. We didn't really lose to Trump. I thought they think they thought this will be great. The media will play along with us. We'll have this guy impeached in no time. Don't you worry about it. Now, how did this start? This is important. There was a company that came in, Joe, to analyze the DNC computers, the DNC computers to determine if, Joe, they were air quotes here, hacked, right? Who was that company? You may say company. Wasn't it the FBI? Surely, Joe, if the DNC computers were hacked in an effort to throw an election by the Russians, the FBI would get in. No, 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 no. In my best Gollum voice, you would be absolutely wrong. Hold on, I'm going to get a drink of water here. You would be absolutely incorrect. Who came in to analyze the DNC computers after they were, air quotes, hacked? CrowdStrike. Wow. Isn't that interesting? CrowdStrike. Who's CrowdStrike and who paid CrowdStrike? Well, let me read you a line by an Andy McCarthy piece, which will be in the show notes at Bongino.com today. I know I say it every day, but do not miss the show notes. This is a must-read piece. It's an older piece. Again, I'll put some current news in there, as I always do, but this is an older piece. But you can't understand the scandal if you don't understand what's in this piece. This is the end of the Andy McCarthy piece about CrowdStrike. It says, but it certainly is interesting that we are once again in a case involved alleged, uh, involving alleged Russian espionage, reviewing a situation in which the FBI relied on a contractor, i.e. CrowdStrike, Retained by the DNC's and the Clinton campaign's lawyers at Perkins Coie. Now, if you listen to yesterday's show and you remember the names, you're like, wait, wait. What are you saying, Dan? CrowdStrike was a contractor paid to come in to look at the DNC, Joe, air quotes, hack. No one even knows that the DNC was in fact hacked. But remember, they're telling you the Russians did it. The FBI never analyzes these DNC computers, which in an incident like that, Joe, can we both agree if the Russians hacked a major party American uh, in an American presidential election, a major party's web servers, that this would be an FBI investigation? Yeah. I'm telling you, and I'm looking you in the eyes right now, telling you the FBI never came in and did this. They never analyzed the computers. Who comes in? A private contractor paid by Perkins Coie. Who was also paying Perkins Coie? Thank you for everyone who corrected the pronunciation of that, by the way. I really didn't care that much, but I appreciate it nonetheless. <laughs> Perkins Coie. I just did. Yeah, I mean, uh, that's why I didn't look up how it's pronounced. Perkins Coie are the ones that paid Fusion GPS to go gather the dossier on Donald Trump. Well, who was paying Perkins Coie? Oh, the Clinton campaign and the DNC. And if you listen to yesterday's show, oh, by the way, who else was paying Perkins Coie? $972,000 in April of 2016. Oh, Obama for America? Obama's campaign arm? What? 
damn right, Spidey. What? What is, uh, folks? <laughs> uh, please understand what's going on here. Obama spied on Trump. The Democrats know Obama spied on Trump. They have to run interference and run a distraction and use their media buddies to run an alternate narrative to get Trump out of office quickly, hoping whoever's next, Mike Pence or someone, will move on and let this thing go. And they invent a counter narrative based entirely on a narrative created by a private contractor working for the DNC and Hillary who comes in to analyze the hack and says conveniently, Joe, oh, the Russians did it. Folks, Joe, did you follow what I just said? Yeah, I did. I'm kind of like ready to puke. You, I, I, you should be. Obama spied on Trump. He spied on Trump using the mechanisms in the FBI, in the management of the FBI, not the rank and file guys. I can't say that enough. I love these men and women. They do a great job. And from what I'm hearing from the inside, a lot of them are pretty darn pissed off about what happened to their fine agency, and they should be. And I'm with you guys. I want you to know that. But we should all be angry at these managers. What they did is they circumvented the probable cause requirements for spying on an American. Folks, as I said yesterday, you can spy on an American legally one of two ways, okay? You can put forth enough enough information to go in front of a judge and swear to him. Sorry if I forgot this before. My apologies. I'm just so much going on in my head right now. You can swear to a criminal warrant that I have probable cause that Joe was jaywalking. Mm-hmm. Or you can swear to a FISA warrant that I have probable cause Joe was acting on behalf of a foreign agent in violation of U.S. law. FISA is the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. So that's an intelligence-based warrant. The other one's a criminal warrant. Either way, you need probable cause. I said this on Fox this morning. Don't forget this. There was no probable cause. None. They were spying on them, basically, and this is why I brought up the general warrant, using what was essentially, Joe, a general warrant. That's where I'm sorry if I get it because there's so much going on. I'm I'm like, Mm -hmm. I'm really trying to keep it all on track because I was so excited about doing today's show. I was going to tape it last night. I texted Joe. We escape the crown to get away from general warrants. We do them specifically now. We are investigating this crime about Joe Armacost who did this on this date. Folks, do you understand none of this happened with Donald Trump? They, in essence, circumvented the Constitution and issued a general warrant that said, go get Donald Trump and his team. They circumvented all of these circuit breakers. The circuit breakers, the FISA court's a circuit breaker. You have to produce evidence. They did, and how did they produce the evidence? Not by doing their own investigation, by basically subcontracting out the FBI to contractors, to private contractors. Here's what I mean, and this is how this is gonna, this is how this is all gonna tie in. Okay. The FBI needs probable cause to swear to a warrant to swear a spy on the Trump team. They don't have probable cause, but they know the Clinton campaign can find some. But they can't tell anybody they're working for the Clinton campaign. So the Clinton campaign hires a law firm where they can kind of launder the money through. The law firm is Perkins Coie, who they pay for legal services. Perkins Coie, remember now, this is a general warrant. Go get Trump and go find information. Perkins Coie hires Fusion GPS, who hires Christopher Steele. They put together this dossier, which is exclusively under the control of the Clintons. 
the Clintons use the dossier and get it to the FBI. At the same time, they are getting this information about Trump to the FBI on a basically go get Trump warrant. Keep in mind, folks, these are not FBI agents. These are private contractors basically hijacking the U.S. government. At the same time that channel's going on, Joseph, Mm -hmm. the Obama campaign arm, OFA, is paying the same law firm, ginning up information for a go-get Trump warrant. They're paying them $972,000 for legal services. At the very same time, Obama and Hillary are emailing each other on Hillary's email account. And at the same time, in the same time period in question here, that the very same law firm is paying a company called CrowdStrike to go into the DNC's office. Joe, do a forensic analysis on the air quotes hack. And what does CrowdStrike find out? The Russians did it. Keep in mind, nobody can verify this. And even CrowdStrike has had to walk back the fact that the Russians, quote, did the hack. Do you see what's going on here, folks? This law firm, and read the McCarthy piece in my show notes, because he walks through in a little bit more detail the relationship between Perkins Coie and CrowdStrike. And I'll also put a zero hedge piece in there. By the way, thanks to uh, Good Catch by Donna she uh, and uh, to uh, Judy. Thank, I got a lot of like great researchers out there working full overtime <laughs> in this thing. I'm getting so much information. It's hard for me to like, really, I get about a thousand emails a day now. Folks, they needed to find Trump. They had a general go-get-Trump warrant, but they could not find anything legal. So for them to swear to it, they had to go find someone to go get information on Trump. That And that person, you may say, well, why not just go get it yourselves? Because, folks, you can't go get it yourselves. Listen to what I'm telling you. You're not allowed a general warrant in the United States. You can't just as a Secret Service agent go in front of a judge and say, I need a, I need a warrant to go listen in on the phone calls of Joe Armacost. Why? Because I think he's doing something wrong. It doesn't work that way. But Christopher Steele, who was working for Fusion, who's a political operative now, and Perkins Coie that's hiring them, These people are not subjected to any of those rules. Joe, they're not federal agents. They can go out and say, I saw Donald Trump transform into a werewolf one night on a full moon. They don't have to swear to that in court. But the Bureau can say, hey, we heard a guy say that they saw once Donald Trump transform into a werewolf. (laughs) Folks, big trouble going on here. Does that make sense, Joe? Oh, yeah. So just to, just let me rewind yeah. the tape a little bit and just backtrack where we're going. If you listen to 628, I lay out in a little more detail how the genesis of this collusion narrative was only an effort to distract from Obama spying on Trump and the fact that, holy crap, we just lost the election. Now they're going to find out about this. They needed a way to get this guy out of office. Mm-hmm. A convenient narrative was, let's say the Russians hacked their emails at the DNC. What's the problem, Joseph? The Russians didn't hack the emails at the DNC. Right. So when the FBI says, hey, we'd like to get involved and look at those DNC servers in any normal investigation, Joe, they'd say, yeah, of course. Come on in here. That's not what the DNC said. The DNC said, no, thanks. They gave him the Italian go beat it. You know what Joe saw what I did? No, thanks. We're good. We're going to bring in our own guys. Oh, who? 
CrowdStrike. Who's paid for by who? Perkins Coie. Who paid for what? Oh, the dossier? And it were also paid for Obama, by Obama for America? Yeah, let's bring them in. And what do they find? Just like magic, they find, look, the Russians acted. Oh, my gosh. That's amazing. What comes next? Not only did the Russians hack our emails, but Trump colluded with them. We got them. The problem is none of it's true. None of it's true. The house of cards is coming down. And folks, McCabe was the number two during all of this. Ooh. Now you're wondering why McCabe wants to beat that. He has five weeks, folks. The countdown five is on. Weeks. Get him up there right now before he goes to the Cayman Islands or Ibiza. He'll be like that uh, that song, I, I Took a Pill in Ibiza. He'll be gone, and you will never see this guy again. Get him up on the hill now. Because hey, he can still plead the fifth, but you can fire his caboose. He is not entitled to a pension if he abused our system of government and our constitutional republic to spy on a free American citizen. Just because Donald Trump was running for president does not mean he's not entitled to constitutional rights, folks. That's the most beautiful part about this country is the, the lowest criminal you can find, a serial killer child molester. Even he or she still has constitutional protections in this wonderful country. So does the most powerful man on earth. He is an American citizen. His Fourth Amendment rights against unlawful search and seizure, the stealing of his his memos, his emails, his conversations, his team's emails. Folks, what happened there was an international, intergalactic disgrace of the highest order and was total BS. McCabe should not be allowed to walk out the door without, at a minimum, administratively being forced to testify about what happened. And I want to know, who told you the Russians hacked that email system? CrowdStrike? Did you realize CrowdStrike was being paid by Perkins Coie? Did you realize Perkins Coie was also paying Christopher Steele for the dossier the Clintons controlled they fed to you to swear to in front of a FISA court? Did you realize any of this? You were FBI agents. You were the number two. Now, that leads to my wrap up on this because I have some more interesting information on this that I talked about a little bit in the past but it's important all right listen before i get to that let me just uh, uh read this i have another great product here uh filter by who pays for our show and we love them too if folks it's winter now you know it's it, the change of seasons is rough but winter you're indoors a lot i mean i'm indoors all the time even in the summer but in the winter it's cold you know especially up in the northeast it's even been cold out in dallas where i was out there you know got minneapolis minnesota they take a cold freeze that's uh an umbrella of freezing that has covered the entire country we're all indoors you want to breathe healthy air our friends at filter by these guys are incredible they make all their products right here in the united states they they have over 600 different brands of filters, including custom sizes. And the nice part about filter bars, what I love about them, if you have a commercial business, you have 200 air filters in your factory, these are your guys. You have a house, you have three, four air filters in your house, you have one, they're your guy. It's filterby.com. That's filterby.com. This company's terrific. They make their products all here in the United States. They have the highest MERV ratings on their products. Folks, Listen, the, the, the air you breathe inside is loaded with allergy-aggravating uh, pollen. You have mold. You have mildew. You have pollutants in there. You don't want to be sucking this stuff down your lungs all day. You got to change out your air filters. Also, if you don't, by the way, it's very taxing on your HVAC system, as I tell you all the time. When I blew out two of mine at the same time and had to replace both, it nearly bankrupted me. <laughs> Maintain your system. Maintain your lungs. I like that. I'm going to add them to add that to the next read. I'm like, hey, filter by. You guys know you guys listen. 
That's a great, right? Maintain your lungs. That's a great line. Maintain your lungs. Maintain your HVAC. Change your filters. They're not that expensive. They're relatively cheap. And these guys have really great prices. And here's the great part. If you set up auto delivery, so you don't have to think about filters again, you want to delivery once a year, whatever it may be, you'll get 5% off. Go to filterby.com. That's filterby.com. Filterby.com. We haven't even touched the State of the Union tonight. Gosh, it's going to be so much. But this is important. Because I want to make sure I tie this all together for you. So the first point I was trying to make, just to rewind the tape a little bit, Andy McCabe, we're on a five-week deadline. There are two procedures right now. Criminal, where he can plead the fifth, say, I'm not going to self-incriminate. I'm not saying I'm not saying squat. That's fine. That's open him at all times. All right. But while he's still an employee of the FBI, he can absolutely be compelled to testify to his role in this. And if he doesn't, see you, buddy. You're out. Bottom line, we have five weeks. Five weeks. In five weeks, he is going to retire and we are finished. We will not have that administrative hammer to get this guy with. And if he had a role in this, we need to know about it. I say that because Andy McCabe was the number two at the FBI while an abomination of justice happened through a law firm that was paid to invent a fake collusion narrative at the same time the law firm was paying Fusion GPS to generate fake Russian-provided intelligence on Donald Trump. Obama spied on Trump. They need a counter-narrative. The counter-narrative was always going to be the Russians hacked us and Donald Trump colluded. The problem is none of it's true. This law firm was basically a conduit between Obama for America, their campaign arm, the DNC, Hillary, And it's now clear as day that the FBI was using information from a company they paid to go and look at the DNC stuff. Why? Because the FBI never insisted on looking at the DNC servers. They just accepted the CrowdStrike finding that the Russians hacked it. CrowdStrike was paid for by the same law firm, folks. Now, why is all of this important? Chuck Grasley has been all over this. Chuck Grassley is a Republican senator who has been on this uh, for a long time. And a little while back, I did a show where I said, hey, one of the best moves anyone's done in this case, very strategically sound on the Republican side, Joe, was when Grassley made a criminal referral for Christopher Steele to the FBI. Yes. Now, I said to you, Yes, yes, yes. We love that guy. He's our favorite. I was talking about him this morning. I was talking oh, yeah. about my favorite movies. Yeah, I love that guy. Do it. Yes. Couples retreat guy. Grasley sends a criminal referral to the FBI for Christopher Steele for false statements. Why does any of this matter? Because, folks, now people are starting to get wind now that the memo's coming out. If the FBI relied on the statements of Christopher Steele, this former MI6 agent, Joe. Mm-hmm. If I'm confusing anyone, Joe, this is your job here. You have to stop me. I will. Christopher Steele, again, I'm not trying to repeat myself. I just want, I don't want to lose anyone. Christopher Steele's the MI6 agent working for Fusion GPS, paid for by Perkins Coie, this law firm, that is being paid by Hillary Clinton. Bottom line. Hillary, through multiple vehicles, is paying this guy, Christopher Steele, to go gin up bad information on Trump from fake Russian intelligence sources, right? Mm-hmm. Steele is working with the FBI. This is a setup on Donald Trump the whole time. They're spying on Trump. It's a sting operation on him the entire time. Mm-hmm. All these people are approaching the Trump team. Steele and Fusion GPS are somehow connected to these three players in this. 
that we that we have and uh, that we've covered in past shows. People are approaching the Trump team. It's not by accident. They're trying to set them up. They're constantly coming to Joe's house and saying, "You want to rob a bank? You want to rob a bank? You want?" And are waiting for the Trump team to bite. Steele is working with the FBI and ha- and Fusion GPS, who Steele's working for, has contacts with these people knocking on Joe's door all the time, just like these people who are approaching the Trump team. Okay. Tracking? Mm-hmm. Yep. For Steele to be working with the FBI and for an FBI agent, Joe, to raise his right hand in court and swear that this, and I said this on Fox this morning, I meant that using Steele as a source, there's nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. FBI agents, Secret Service agents, DEA agents use sources all the time. Sure. But in order to use a source, folks, this is critical. Don't miss this. You have to either independently verify his information or you have to prove that he's been a reliable source in the past. Now, why this is controversial and why Grasley referred Steele to the FBI to investigate, basically said investigate this guy, which would be a genius move is if you have a source on a criminal case at the federal level providing you information, you damn well better tell them if you're working for a political campaign and the media at the same time. Because, Joe, you think that Mm. may change a judge's opinion? Uh, He's scratching his face there. (laughs) If I go to court, right, Joe, and I say, hey, listen, I'm going to testify against my neighbor, Joe Armacost, for jaywalking, right? And I'm just the neighbor... Right. That information, if it's verified, is credible, and, and an FBI agent can use it to prosecute Joe for jaywalking. Yeah. But if I walk into the FBI office and don't disclose to the FBI, that matter of fact, I have a major league lawsuit against Joe for whatever, <laughs> and not only that, we don't like each other, and not only that, I'm running for office and Joe's going to oppose me in six months. Do you think the judge may look at that information just a tad bit different? I think that's a fair bet, wouldn't you say, Armacost? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, you'd be right. All right. Now, what's the Grasley referral have to do with? Folks, when Steele was working with the FBI, someone at the FBI, when they were testifying to the warrant show, some FBI agent or, or DOJ attorney in conjunction with them, okay. or an FBI attorney, mm-hmm. when they walked up in front of the FISA judge, had to swear on their, their honor, their job, their credibility, everything, mm-hmm. that the information they were giving is true. Do you think, Joe, this is a serious question, that the FBI agent told the FISA judge, oh, and by the way, the, the guy we got this information from mm-hmm. is being paid by the Hillary campaign and the Obama campaign? You think that happened? Uh, probably not, Dan. Yeah, you would be right, Joe. Joe, ding, 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 ding. Yes. Joe's two for two today. <laughs> um, I would say it definitely didn't happen. So where am I going with this? This is what's starting to break now. And I think there may be some of this in the FISA memo. Grasley knows this. So Grasley is saying, okay, one of you is lying. Because Steele was talking to the press and working for the Clintons. In other words, Joe, the FBI either knew this and lied in front of the FISA judge. Or... Steele lied to the FBI and didn't tell them he was working for Hillary and working for the media. You see, what, both yeah. of those stories can't be true. Do you right. see what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. Because be one or the if, if Steele walked in and said, I'm yeah. working for Hillary and I'm talking to the media, which he was, mm-hmm. Steele and, well, maybe not Steele personally, but well, yes, he was part of it. They were briefing people in the media on political research data, okay? Mm-hmm. If Steele said that to the FBI, the FBI should have immediately done what, Joe? 
pulled chocks, right? Yeah. That was a secret service term. Pull the chocks. We got to go. The FBI should have said, hey, brother, um, we don't start criminal cases on general warrants based on political operation opposition researchers, which you are walking into our office and dogging out other political candidates. I'm sorry. Oh, hell no. Oh, hell no is right. Yeah. It's not going to happen. You are never going to get a criminal case like that. Now, Grasley's point, and this is what I think, because so, I'm giving you a lot of hypotheticals. Here's what I yeah. think really happened and what I think Grasley knows. Grasley knows that the FBI knew that. And Grasley is putting the FBI now on the spot mm. by saying, well, you went in front of a judge and you didn't say that Steele was in the was talking to the media and was working for the Clinton thing. And you pretended the information was still legit. So one of you is lying. So listen, either you admit to lying or you prosecute Christopher Steele for lying to you and making false statements. You see my point, Joe? Mm-hmm. And, sure and, and folks, just so you know the, what, what I think really happened. They can't prosecute Steele for false statements because he told them they were working for Hillary and the media and they still took his information. Run, Shaggy. Now you see? Now yeah. do you see why the McCabe resignation yesterday, folks, is such a big deal? I'm again I'm trying to tie all of this together. Yeah, 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 yeah. McCabe's the number two at the bureau. He knows all of this. He knows about CrowdStrike. He knows the FBI didn't see the DNC computers. He knows CrowdStrike analyzed the DNC computers. He knows CrowdStrike's paid by a law firm that's working with the Obama campaign, Arm and Hillary. He knows that the FBI is going to accept CrowdStrike's opinion that the Russians hacked the DNC servers, even though they didn't. Uh, McCabe also knows that Steele is working for the same law firm that's paying CrowdStrike. The same law firm working for Hillary and being paid by the Obama campaign arm. He also knows that that same operative, Steele, working for the same people involved in the fake Russian hack narrative and the collusion narrative. He also knows this guy's talking to the media. He knows this guy's being paid by Hillary. And they let the FBI swear to it anyway in court. Folks, this thing is just beginning. And as I said to you during yesterday's show, <sighs> all right, what are you, I'm like, I'm a little, I'm always, I, 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 when I speculate, I want to tell you, I'm speculating here, but I've been pointed in this direction by a previously reliable person who has very little vested interest in this, that those 30,000 Hillary emails aren't missing. And that may be the keys to the kingdom. Because remember, if Obama's campaign arm is paying this law firm, Hillary's paying this law firm, the law firm also pays CrowdStrike to go create a fake Russian hacking narrative. At the same time, they're trying to divert attention from the fact that they were spying on Trump. We got a lot of problems. Now, let me add one more quick wrinkle to this. You may say, okay, he was number two. Who was number one? Well, it was Jim Comey. Comey has insisted repeatedly that... He was not detailing over, let me just be fair on this. He's been unclear, let's just say, about how briefed in, I'm trying to be very delicate with my words, how briefed in Obama was on this. In other words, trying to detach Obama from the Obamagate spying scandal. Mm -hmm. But folks, there are supposedly texts out there, this is amazing, we'll see it, but there are supposedly texts out there about Comey updating 
Obama on a big investigation repeatedly. So, folks, if that if that if those texts are in fact what we think they are, you have a conspiracy of. It's again, it's not a theory if it's actually happening. You have a conspiracy at the, at the highest levels of the United States government to violate the constitutional rights of Donald J. Trump while he was running for president and a cover-up later on that is equally as devastating. Because remember, these are two separate stories, Joe. Mm -hmm. Obama spied on Trump. The cover-up later was Russian collusion. The genesis of Russian collusion was the CrowdStrike narrative that the Russians hacked the DNC and we're going to blame Trump for it. Mm -hmm. Don't forget that. All right, a couple more things, folks. Um, Hey, some good news. On the economic front... We had a quarter of, this is important because the Democrats are jumping all over this, by the way. They're saying now, oh, well, look, the third quarter wasn't 3%. Remember, the, yeah. one of the statistics I think that is absolutely damning for the Obama administration and the economy and, and indicates the absolute failure of Obamanomics, Joe, is the fact that Obama is the first president in United States history to never reach annualized. This is important, folks. They get a lot of emails on this, not quarterly annualized 3% growth. In other words, Obama is the only president in U.S. history to never reach one year of of 3% annualized growth. That's pretty devastating. Matter of fact, when you measure uh, real GDP growth on average, Obama's fourth from the bottom. I think he beats out like Herbert Hoover and Andrew Johnson. I forget the other one. But Obama's had a really awful economic record. But it's important because the Democrats are now trying to talk down the economy because what happened? We had two quarters of 3% growth. And as you know, Joe, and at least in a, in, in, a, in a chronological year, of course, that's four quarters for mm-hmm. you know three months each, not a big deal. So we had two in a row of 3%. The Obama team is panicking because they knew if we get two more of 3%, that what would have happened? So Obama in eight years never hit annualized growth of 3% one time. Trump's first year in office, he averages 3%. It would be it would be so obvious that Obama's economy was garbage that it would be hard to run from. So the Democrats are now celebrating the fact, Joe, that we had a, the third quarter of Trump's presidency was 2.6. And of course, because they want to talk down the economy. You see where I'm yeah. going with this? Yeah. Three, three. If they had another three, they're going to get really nervous because one more, they're going to be like, oh my gosh, we never had 3% one time over a year. Trump's first year in office, bam. <laughs> Don't sweat it. Here's why I'm telling you not to sweat it. Number one, that number is going to be revised. It's going to be revised about four or five times. And I'm leaning 80, 90%. That number is going to be revised above three. I'm... Just trust me on this one. The data there is strong. Secondly, one of the components of that number, we measure GDP by this formula. Is it G plus C plus I plus X minus M? Uh, Government spending, consumption, investment, exports minus imports. The formula is complex. But one of the components of that formula that is absolutely critical is the I, investment. Why does investment matter? Very simply, because if I want to produce more stuff, that's how we measure growth and productivity, producing stuff, right? Medicine, cars, that's how we're economically wealthy. We have a lot of stuff. We have to produce stuff. To produce stuff, we have to invest. Investment in this quarter, the 2.6 quarter, Joe, was through the roof. We lost a little bit on the imports versus exports, but- Investment, you following me? The, sure. the I component of GDP in this quarter was astronomically high. I'm telling you that because even if this quarter is not 3%, if it's not, which I think it's going to be, if it's not revised up and stays at 2.6%, that investment, Joe, is going to kick in soon. 
sooner or later, there's going to be a whole lot more pet rocks being produced, computers, iPhones. I'm looking around my office here. Uh, Avion water. I, I don't even drink Avion. I'm in a, an office in a hotel thing with the show today. But do you understand what I'm saying? That this is sure. going to yeah. lead to, in my humble opinion, more explosive growth over the coming quarters. So even if this isn't revised and we get a quarter of, say, 4% or mm-hmm. 3.9, we can still get that year, that first year average of 3%, which is going to decimate the Obama team because they will have nowhere to run. Eight years, he couldn't do one year of 3%. Trump's first year in office, boom, done like that. Does that make sense, Joe? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to take a little folks, while to realize the, the advantages of the, of the investment. Yeah. Exactly. exactly. As, as always, Joe does a good job in just saying it plainly. Sometimes I get a little circuitous because I'm trying to explain to you the details, but that's obviously how averages work. If you have four quarters and you have one, one, two, and 22, it's going to average above three. Mm-hmm. Now, Trump had three, three, two point six but that investment number is key because once that investment kicks in and those factories start pumping out computers and pet rocks and you know medicine products and all this productivity is going to go through the roof so so these obama people talking down the economy i'm just this is my warning be very careful because you're about to have it i mean you want to talk about scrambled eggs on your face (laughs) i would wait until these quarters before you open your traps again all right, folks, thanks again for tuning in. Please, please go to the show notes today. There's a there's a Zero Hedge piece, a National Review piece, and a couple other pieces in there that are must-reads for understanding the scandal. I really appreciate you all hanging in there with me. Please share my podcast, by the way. We don't do a lot of advertising, folks. Joe knows that. The growth of the show has always been organic, and we deeply appreciate you spreading the word, sharing it on Twitter. I try to like all your stuff, and I check you out on Facebook, too. I have uh, mentions app, so I can see all the people talking about the show, so I appreciate it. Uh, thanks a lot, folks. I'll see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.